Take time. Take time. Hmm. We work. We play. We transport. We communicate. We connect. We fill our day with activity. Just look at our odometers. Look at our pedometers if you have one on your phone. Just look. I can only imagine what you put aside to attend worship today. What you're not doing. And so you could be here. Or even to sit in a quiet place and listen to this homily sometime in the near future. When do any of us have time for God? Let us pray. Lord, we put aside this time to focus on You and to to hear what You intend for us to hear. Lord, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that You indeed illuminate the passage, strengthen the speaker, prepare the listener for what You have to say this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In reference to the passage that we heard of the transfiguration, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for these men. Jesus takes Peter and James and John up the mountain. Jesus only takes those three. A matter of discussion ever since. Why those three? Like, what happened to Andrew? It does not appear that Jesus tells them anything of the docket. Jesus doesn't reveal any agenda. The only clue to the purpose is that Jesus has just told, has just told the disciples... Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. But as we know the disciples, they probably didn't catch on, probably missed it, probably didn't put two and two together. These three men were in for a show to exceed anything they may have seen on their own. As we consider this story, we know a lot more about what's going on than the disciples could have ever imagined. So give Peter, James, and John a lot of credit. Their trust in Jesus prevailed. They set aside the time and hiked up the mountain and found that time to be well worth it. Peter, James, and John were given the time-sensitive opportunity to see Jesus' transfiguration. These men saw things that were obviously unforgettable. Moses, Elijah, a face shining like the sun, clothes as white as light. They saw a miraculous event and they they didn't even know what to do. They tried to think of something to do. They suggested setting up tents. Sounds reasonable to me. They're on a mountain. Might have some need some shelter that night. An interesting suggestion implying that the men wanted Moses and Elijah and Jesus to stay for good. The words had hardly left their mouth when God took over with, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. That was more than they had ever expected on a day like this. A day hike. They fell down in reverence. Fell on their faces, it says, literally. And were terrified. The Greek word used here was phobeo. The root for phobia. Phobeo. Afraid. The last time they, they were this afraid, these guys were this afraid, was when they spotted Jesus walking on the water. Remember that story? And they thought they saw a ghost. Matthew fourteen twenty six. Jesus calmed them with the words, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. This time Jesus came over to them and touched them. 
perhaps to assure them that he was neither a ghost nor an angel. When it seemed safe, they opened their eyes. You can imagine, imagine them, you know, with their hands, with their uh, their heads resting on their forearms, and they just kind of peek out of it, like, uh, "Is it over yet?" Looking back, I wonder the impact this moment had upon the men. I wonder if this one event, this hike up the mountain to witness this miracle, I wonder if this event changed them and made them who they became for us, foundational men of the Gospel. What if they had never taken the time? What if they'd never taken the time? Take the time to be with God. What if they just said, we're too busy? That is a question that bothers me to this day. What if? What if Peter, James, and John had been too busy to take the hike? You know, Jesus didn't like put them in irons and drag them up the mountain. They could have easily said, no, who may have been too busy? You know, funny, no scriptural basis for this thought. It's absolutely worthless anywhere but here and at this moment. But what if all the other disciples had been too busy? What if that's the reason they're not there? It's not that Jesus picked three. It just happened to be that the other nine had something better to do, they thought. They didn't have the time. Just wondering. It it may bother me because we have little time for God. Is it possible that Christ would like to take us away? Have us alone to reveal a miracle that changes us, convicts us, moves us to rise up and take action. What if? What if sometime today you have that opportunity and, you know, Jesus is some way and it's through the people you know or through something you're reading or listening to. What if Jesus was calling you? You too, come up on the mountain. But no, I'm as guilty as anybody. We're so caught up in our own priorities. We'll, we'll, we'll ask for a rain check. Yeah. Lord, I'll get with you tonight. None of you have ever said that, have you? I'll get with you tonight, Lord. Lord, I'll, I'll read the Bible tonight. I got grass to cut today. By the way, grass is coming up. So, Lord, I'll get with you tonight when I get back from Kmart. When I get back from visiting family. When I get back from you name it. There's all kinds of things that we we put in in the, in the way. We'd rather do. An old preacher once told me. An old preacher once told me, sooner or later, everyone runs out of time. Sooner or later, everyone runs out of time. And it happens much sooner than anyone could imagine. He went on to say, one day, son, you will be the silent guest at your own funeral. There will be relatives and friends present to mourn for you, whom you haven't seen in years. And after the preacher delivers a message in your memory, you will be taken to the graveyard, given a final farewell and buried. He continued, you know that retirement that you spent your life working for? Well, it'll be gone forever. Remember the new car that you worried about scratching? Its new owner just wrecked it. The newlyweds bought your house and have redecorated the room that you had at last decorated it to your liking. Your personal belongings have been sorted and some discarded. The dog is making a bed out of your favorite old coat. Other clothes of yours that no one could wear or did not want have been boxed and given to the goodwill. 
your personal treasures that were valuable only to you, you know, that carefully preserved flower, the lock of hair, the torn picture, the stained postcard, all burned in the trash. You attended a number of funerals in your lifetime, but for some reason, you just never expected to be lying in the casket yourself. Sure, someday, but not that particular day. Maybe tomorrow, you always thought, but not today. Maybe tomorrow, not today. You remember telling the Lord each time you thought your time was close. Now this time, Lord, not today, maybe tomorrow. Sooner or later, he repeated, everyone runs out of time. As another voice from the past said, when you spend time with God, you invest in eternity. When Peter, James, and John spent the time to go up on that mountain, they were investing in eternity. Their eternity. Time well spent. How do you spend your time? How do you spend your time? The message is, has learned from this passage. Take the time. Take the time to be with God. It's amazing what you may be revealed to you. Let us pray. Let us pray. Lord, You give us time on this earth. And You call us into special settings and special events special places with special relationships. I believe You're calling us even this day to be with You to go up on that so-called mountain. Lord, we may have turned You down before, but Lord, if You're calling us to come be with You, may we have ears to hear and hearts to listen. May this passage be that wake-up call Lord, I do believe You want each and every one of us with You today. But not in death, but in a life that can be so much more if we answer You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.